0: Good afternoon and welcome back to the EJS Show on the Liberty Block. This show is being recorded live and will be available as a podcast shortly after its conclusion. We invite anyone listening to please join us live on Zoom or by phone and share your thoughts, which you can also do through our email at ejsshow at protonmail.com. Good afternoon all. Good afternoon, everyone. Mike in New Jersey.
1: Hi,
2: Hi, everyone.
3: I think I'm having internet problems.
0: Don't we hear
2: you, Can you fine? Can you hear me? Hi, Steve. Hi, Jody. Hi, Ed and Mike. This is Ed.
0: This is Ed from North Carolina displaced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that why Hi, you're wearing everybody. a red t-shirt, Ed? Pardon? Is that why you're wearing a red t-shirt?
2: Uh... It's my uniform, right?
0: In New Jersey, yeah.
2: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm recording from an undisclosed location this week.
0: <laughs> In an underground bunker. And since you're not wearing a mask, you must be hanging out with uh, Mr. Murphy.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, he's my favorite person,
0: <laughs> and I, I know he loves me. Murphy's Law, do as I say, not as I do. Okay, since I assume everybody read all of my show notes, um, I'll do what we did last week and ask everybody, starting with Jody, what do you think is the most important oh. story out there this week?
3: Oh, don't start with me. I never have the good start. Okay. So what do I think is the most um, important? I don't know. Maybe the airlines, are the airlines lying? I find this highly, highly problematic. Um, that's a good one to start with. Okay. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we yeah. hear you fine.
0: Somebody want to fill in the audience on the airline story in 30 seconds or less? Sure. Sure. Uh,
2: Go ahead, Jody. No, you go. It was your story.
3: Okay, well, no, I just... uh, So, uh, Southwest is uh, not running some of their flights and apparently Amtrak as well, so maybe just not just the airlines, but... So... The bits, parts that I've gathered is they're trying to say that it's for reasons other than staffing issues because of the vaccine mandates. And one of the things that I found interesting, okay, first of all, we know that's probably not true, is really not true. Uh, but the CEO of Southwest said he's against mandates himself, and he's only doing it because you know, of the Biden administration. And so I feel like there's a lot going on here, and a lot seems fishy, which is why I wanted to bring it up. Does anybody well, Biden, else find it fishy?
2: Biden, I don't find it fishy. I think it's pretty clear what's going on. Biden's executive order requires all federal employees and federal contractors and anyone with a federal contract with the federal government to be to vaccinate all their employees, including all their subcontractors. So Southwest has contracts with the U.S. government. And Southwest is implementing that mandate. The pilots who have worked overtime and long hours, even without getting vaccinated and went before there was a vaccine, object to it. And uh, Southwest is not letting them out of the, out of the mandate. So they, called us, they basically called an informal sick out. And they, just, there's all, they, they had so many people who didn't show up to work that they shut down the airline. The airline is lying about it. They don't want to say that that's what happened. They're pretending that the, that the flights were all canceled because of weather problems. But anyone who's, who's able to look at the, the weather charts or other flights knows that they're the only airline that wasn't able to fly in these weather problems. So, did
1: did uh, PolitiFact check that? I just, I'm just i just wondering. Anyway, go ahead.
3: They only check things uh, that fit their agenda.
2: <laughs> so that's that's what's going on. I mean, it's not fishy. It's just an obvious lie. And I think it is a big story. I mean, to me, the two big stories of the week are the, the pilots organizing amongst themselves this, this sick out. Uh, it's a, a, a form of, of peaceful and uh, civil disobedience. And I think the other story is the one I've been talking about for a long time. We talked about last week, though, you know, as Ed Powell said last week, the wheels of the world economy are coming off and, Uh, I think that we're getting signs of deterioration every day. Fuel shortages in Great Britain, fuel shortages in India and Lebanon, um, supply lines being uh, uh, cut for food and for other distribution of goods.
4: Hundreds Um, of ships waiting offshore at all sorts of ports. Ships Mm -hmm. are now going, leaving Los Angeles and going through the Panama Canal to get to East Coast ports because they can't. They they've basically given up on um, Long Beach and the Port of Los Angeles.
0: And I have I a mean, that, that's question insane. for you, Ed P. Um, we know airplanes carry a little bit of extra jet fuel because they may have to circle for a couple hours. How do these ships have enough fuel to hang out for weeks? Uh,
4: I guess they were
0: anchored and yeah. they have I don't think fuel is a problem with ships, uh, to be honest. So how do they stay powered electric, electricity and everything for weeks and weeks?
4: Well, they just run the generators. I mean, again, I don't generators think- Generators run on fuel. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think they have a fuel problem, to be honest. I, I think the fuel uh, storage on one of those ships could send it around the world two or three times. If
0: they load it up. And how about food? I mean, when you load a ship, you don't load it for food for three months when it's a three-week trip.
4: Yeah, that's an interesting question. I guess they fly food out or something. I don't know. Because maybe they're, 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 maybe they're, they're definitely- fishing.
0: Maybe they're. Yeah, maybe they're no, they have to put the fish back. But seriously, you know, you don't plan to be out for months on something that should take two weeks. So I want to stick with the Southwest Airlines thing because it does also implicate the supply lines issue, because part of what aircraft do is deliver supplies, as far as I can tell. It's interesting that it's Southwest personnel or other airlines going to in any way join in, there's a rumor, and I don't know if it's anything more than a rumor that a Delta Airlines pilot died subsequent to a vaccine, but it's just out there. And no idea if there's any truth to that at all. Apparently it's illegal for them to actually do a job action. I'm not sure, which is why everybody has to play the game that we're not really coordinating this thing. Um, Is it a really good instance of civil disobedience? If so, will it be contagious? Will it be squashed? Well, there's
4: supposed to be a general strike next Monday. It's the first time I've ever heard of a general strike in my lifetime in the United States. Basically, everybody's supposed to stay home next Monday to protest the mandate. Um, and uh, well, how would we know
0: that anybody stayed home since we're all supposed to be locked down? Yeah, I, I'm just, or you know, not do work. Who could um, call for a general strike in America? Well, it's just
4: something floating around on the internet, on Twitter. Have you and, seen that? Ed, I haven't and, seen. Uh, it, it, it's, I don't know. I read Twitter. I read yeah, Telegram. I it's somewhere, so we'll see. Because maybe you know,
0: countries like Israel, where the, the you know labor is so powerful, I think Britain the same. Maybe other countries. There is this idea of a general strike, but America, which is not all that well coordinated, as far as I know.
4: Yeah, and the unions are in the pockets of the uh, of the Democrats, so that uh, they probably you know the, the unions wouldn't organize it themselves. It would have to be the union members going against their leadership, which would be very healthy if it actually happened. Um, Well, it would
0: be healthy for the country, but probably some of them it would not be healthy for, or at least not for their tires.
4: I don't know. I mean, this, you know, things are not looking well, um, but just like uh, a drunk has to hit rock bottom before they decide to go and recover. I mean, maybe the United States is like that. I mean, it's just everything is so insane that maybe, maybe we have to hit rock bottom um, before we decide that uh, things are going. Well, remember remember that they're, they're being nuts, but they're not being as nuts as they could be because of the New Jersey and Virginia elections coming on November 2nd. Trust me, on November 3rd, irrespective of the election results, um, I expect uh, a, a lockdown, you know, all throughout the country and even more craziness. Um, they're think, trying oh, to,
1: no, when, when, when a drunk hits rock bottom, there's hope for recovery.
4: When, or death. You, when the, right? yeah. Death when, or
1: recovery. Those
4: are the yeah. two options.
1: When when the economy collapses or the country collapses, I think we double down on totalitarianism. Yeah, maybe. Well,
2: that's, that's, that gets to what I was going to ask you, Ed. What do you see as rock bottom? I mean, that's I mean, that's the question, I, you know, that I'd want to ask of you and, and discuss with you.
4: Um, since uh, we're larping the Weimar Republic, I guess that's what we expect. I mean, we're we're behaving as if it's 1922. So hitting rock bottom is uh, Zimbabwe is, is what happened in 1923. Uh, you know, I don't know what to say. You know. Um,
3: well, that
2: gets. So, I mean, that, that's what I think too. I just didn't know if you were going to that point too. I, I've been saying for for a year and a half of the show. We're we are in the midst of a, of a financial crisis. I think that I think that 2008 was a financial crisis that really was never solved. We papered it over with QE1, QE2, QE3 and then QE infinity and they're just they've, they've reached the end point of printing money. Um, I think what's going on in China is going to infect the rest of the world and I think that rock bottom is where massive defaults leave policymakers with the choice of either, massive deflation when the asset prices all collapse or printing money in order to stave off that collapse which is what they've been doing but in order they would have to print so much money that they almost certainly ignite hyperinflation i mean so, i but- you know
4: i think we all understand that uh, inflation is more money chasing fewer goods and um and the thing about the china collapse is 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 uh, i that's fewer goods a lot that's a lot fewer goods um so you know and what, what the congress is doing is more money so i don't see deflation um as well, a possibility i mean you, you well, have yeah, to have me, more goods
2: how the deflation is going to come from from the from the cascading defaults i i understand
4: both- i understand that but there, if there's nothing to buy because uh, everything is so screwed up that we don't have components. you know I- I'm told that you can't buy a car, a new car in the United States for, for love or money. I haven't looked, but um, uh, you know, well, I'd be interested in 19- to see that.
2: In the 1930s, you, you did have waves and waves of bank failures and you had fewer goods being produced and yet you still had massive deflation. So that's it is true.
4: Possible- yeah, that's true. You're absolutely right.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Ed, I don't
0: why, know.
1: Ed,
2: why do you, do you
0: say they're you know, they're getting those,
1: And I'm sorry. For those of us
0: not as intellectual as the two eds, um, to me empty shelves is when you start at rock bottom because people really notice that and in America that's something that's shocking to the eyes. So I don't know how that ties into this deflation inflation business.
1: Right, what once the the comforter of our daily lives that we still enjoy is infringed on and starts to evaporate. Yeah. (laughs) Then, then you're going to see panic. Um, What do you guys think? I mean, I
2: I can tell you that even in North Carolina, I see pockets of shelves being empty. I don't see whole supermarket aisles being empty, but I am starting to see, you know, certain brands just aren't there. or There's just holes on the on the grocery shelves and not just in one place i mean a couple places in the store are you guys seeing that where you are
1: i yeah, had pockets for a while. Mm-hmm. seeing higher prices that's for sure especially on beef i mean i was at the store before and they had a sale on porterhouse and i grabbed a bunch because otherwise you're paying 18 for a, a pound of uh steak so it's um
4: you know, you think the United States would be fine with regard to food and energy because, um, you know, the United States is a huge producer of both food and energy. But I mean, a year of Biden will ruin that. You know what I mean? And, and they, you know, this thing came out of Europe the other day about like, oh, well, you know, you can't can't continue to eat meat right i mean that's going to cause global warming so i mean get used to i saw i wonder how much of it is engineered and how much of it's just the supply chain i see i am told that like the was it on last week's show that somebody said that uh there are certain parts for trucks that you can't get anymore and so if the truck breaks down it's gone from the um you know, from the roads. I mean, you can have 98.7% of a perfectly working truck and it's that's zero
1: trucks. Well, what's interesting is here in New Jersey, the New York City area, I'm hearing people say there's more traffic now than before the pandemic. And I speculate, number one, people are not taking public transportation because they don't want to be in a car with other people. Plus they're on a hybrid schedule. So they're only going into the city like once or twice a week. So they're not paying for their passes. So they're just driving in. So we're seeing, I guess, more of a carbon footprint uh, being planted right now post-COVID because people are driving their cars everywhere. There's so many
4: crises in so many different areas. It's hard for people to take it in, right? I mean, it's hard for people to understand, you know, we're being flooded with hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants or illegal aliens a month. We're being, uh, you know, the, the the supply chains are being disrupted. Um, you know, shelves are, are starting to empty in the stores. Gas is at all time high prices uh, in California. It's like six bucks a gallon or something. It's it, So many things are going wrong all at the same time. It's, oh, the schools are teaching uh, pedophilia. You saw that from uh, uh, here in the Fairfax County, actually, um, was the... Uh, the the uh, woman got up and, and showed the books that uh, teach pedophilia um, to the uh, to the school board and ended up getting tossed out. And then there was the guy whose daughter was uh, raped by a, a alleged uh, trans something, um, and uh, the school covered it up. And he went and talked about it to the school board, and he ended up he ended up getting re- arrested for disrupting disruption. And of course the, the rapist was let go and he ended up raping somebody else. And so then it turned into this giant uh, you know fiasco because now it's getting out into the public, which is the last thing the school board wants to do. So we've got tranny rapists. we've got uh, pedophilia being taught in our schools. We have you know crazy uh, trans sanity in uh, everything we're doing. The foreign policy is a fiasco with the uh, hundreds of Americans still left in Afghanistan at the mercy of the Taliban. And uh, the Chinese are making threatening moves towards Taiwan. Uh, there's this rock in the middle of the East China Sea that the, that Japan and China are willing to go to war over. Um, and we're defending japan nothing on the rock but birds but you know that's the way things go you'd think something like that might be able to be negotiated right but uh
2: don't don't forget when you talk about the school board issue that you raised the whole merrick garland memo
4: yeah merrick garland is now um is now weaponizing even more weaponizing the fbi to go after american patriots um you know what i i don't we we could do a five hour show and not get down to all of the things um, that are going wrong in the world today. And I, I don't know what you know. I I'm, I I know that there are people who are talking about this a little bit. Um, uh, Tim Poole has been good at talking about many of these issues. Uh, the whole vaccine mandate is going to throw thirty percent of the productive workforce out of work. And it's going to, you know, it's going to throw a lot of black people out of work. So they're going to have to decide whether um, the, you know, they're going to go with disparate impact. Uh, you know, they're going to obey the civil rights laws or they're going to just excuse, okay, well, all, white people have to be vaccinated, but black people don't, which I think to be honest, I think that's probably what's going to happen. I, I think the, it'll be the Ibram X. Kendi solution. Um, applied to vaccines. I was invited to a party uh, next week. And um, the person said, of course, masks will be required at the party. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going then That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Who, I, 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 first of all, I can't hear, right? Yeah. But um, so I rely on watching people's lips move. And uh, then it was like, but I, I'm in a party and
1: I don't even know who I'm pretending to listen to because well, I
4: can't see their face. So everything—it's
1: no. it, it, so arbitrary. And it, yeah, you know, it, all of this stuff has been for the whole the whole year and a half. But I'm sitting here and I'm a, I'm a big baseball guy, right? And I'm watching the, all the playoffs. They're back to 100 capacity in some of these stadiums, and I'm looking. The majority of people don't have a mask on. No, I mean if they're those aren't super spreader events, I, I don't know what is at this point, but. I'm going I, mean, to I
4: mean, that's, that's not happening. I'm going to concert in a couple of weeks at Madison Square Garden, and they're gonna force everybody to show their vaccine uh, card, which I do have, plus uh, uh, wear a mask. And, um, you know, I have my fakemaskusa.com uh, mask, <laughs> um, which will be fine, um, but I guarantee you the 20,000 people in that stadium, the moment they get inside and at their seats, they're just gonna take the yeah. mask off. Of course right. they're gonna do that. I mean, that's ridiculous.
1: So, I mean, how can you yell at uh, Joe Biden with your mask on?
4: Exactly. Wouldn't that be funny if that happened?
1: In, if that happened in Madison Square Garden, that would
4: be funny. Um, I think, but uh, I think the let's let's go, Brandon. I'm sorry. Let's go, Brandon.
2: I think the Merrick Carlin memo is another really big story of the week, though that we didn't we didn't really touch upon, and and I think it's big not just for the obvious reason of, you know, the U.S. government is labeling you know, honest parents and innocent parents as domestic terrorists. But I think, to me, the biggest part of the story is that, as, as Rush used to say, the left will always show us who they're afraid of and what they're afraid of. And for them to make that kind of an attack on such a big part of the American public, it tells me that, that they're scared of what that movement in the school boards is. And it tells me that, um, you know, we know that the left wins by default. They don't have arguments to support them. They win under cover of night. And they've taken over these school boards over the last 20 to 50 years, really without any opposition and without any, any sunlight showing what they're doing. And I think that these, uh, these waves of parents, angry parents protesting at the school board meetings shows that they know, they know that they need the, school, the control of schools to continue churning out foot soldiers for their programs. And if the parents take back the schools, it's a gigantic loss for the left. And I think that's why you have that Merrick Garland memo. I think that's why they're so, like I said, Rush told us they will always show you what they're afraid of and they are afraid of that movement.
0: Now, Ed, did you hear that there are claims out there that the memo or letter from the school board association was actually solicited by the government?
2: I haven't heard that, but it wouldn't surprise me in the least.
0: There's definitely a story out there that says that, you know, somewhat tied to this story, because what I was thinking before is you have two people who, because of all the things falling apart, two groups are set up to clash with each other, but they've set it up that only one side is allowed to fight. BLM Mm -hmm. can burn down a city and walk out with no bail. Mm -hmm. A guy on the other side of the fight can try to yell at a school board and goes to jail. So Breitbart had a story today and let's see, we're now October, um, so that's nine months, I believe, since January. And a judge finally held um, someone in contempt for how they're treating one of the uh, January six people. Now, is that gonna start some kind of trend that we're actually gonna care about how we're treating them? Or is that message, that message together with the Garland letter and the message it's carried, saying only one side gets to hit back? And that's what's really scary because otherwise we would explode and who knows what would happen, but only one side is allowed to defend itself. Mm -hmm.
4: Mm -hmm. Well, that's shown with the Kenosha kid, right? Kyle Rittenhouse. He uh, defended his uh, life from a bunch of Antifa thugs and he's the one, you know, fearing to be put away forever in what was obviously a um, self-defense case.
0: You know, somebody said to me the other day, Um, even though it was in New York, it was nice to hear that the only thing between us and Australia is 2A. And the point is they're making it very, very um, specific. Don't you even think about even daring to do anything like that because they're going to pick each one of us off as individuals and come down really, really hard, which I've said before, that is the message of January 6th.
2: Well, and that's, I mean, I think that's one of the good signs about the Southwest Airlines, Pilot strike or informal strike, they're, they're they're get they're getting together and they're not going to be picked off one by one. It's going to be really hard for the for the airline to fire them all because they're not really replaceable.
0: Right, but does the airline care any more than all these hospitals laying off tons and tons of healthcare workers slash ex used to be heroes um, and not caring that they can't provide healthcare anymore other than to illegal aliens? <laughs> Does anybody care?
1: I think the airline's gonna care. they to lose
0: money. I, I don't know. No, the government'll the government will print them up some money and give them some money. No, why would they care? In other words, as long as well, they, I think they the get any money I from think the government, head,
2: is re- the government's reaching the end of its road of being able to just print money to, to buy people off though. Why that's do you what, say that, Ed? Well, that's I can't, what, why, oh, why that's can't they what? print
1: why can't they print money forever?
2: Because eventually you get hyperinflation.
4: Well, there's the there's the three point five trillion dollar bill that's uh, contentious right now in the in the Congress, and uh, the current uh, you know the current thinking is that they're going to um, they're going to sunset all of the idiot provisions in two years, and dare the next legislature to not um you know to not uh, you know re up author reauthorize them, and and that'll bring the cost down, to you know, 800 billion or something
1: like that. And so then they can, quote unquote, afford it. Don't Um, you think they'll be content to make us Zimbabwe before?
3: Yeah, I was going to say the same thing.
1: You know, I mean, isn't that a lesson from Atlas Shrugged? They'll take it to the bitter end.
4: Well, I mean, yes, certainly that has happened. Uh, in Zimbabwe, and our government is is very much going along uh, in the, you know, Zimbabwe, Weimar Republic um, direction, and, and for the same reason. But of course, there are other places and other times where, um, you know, that that has not happened, um, that they've gone down this road, and they decided not to. The obvious is the 70s in the United States, where we ended up I'm just crushing uh, the inflation and and by twenty percent interest rates, which is you know basically going to destroy uh, a number of sectors of the economy. But it's what was needed to get the uh, inflation out of the.
2: Uh, yes, but Ed, the let, me let me interject right there because here, here's the difference between today and 1981 when Reagan and, I mean Volcker came in in 1979 and he really started the tightening at the very end of the carter administration but the difference today is the 28 trillion dollar federal debt if we have interest rates of of 20 percent that's going to mean 5.6 trillion dollars just in interest payments every year and so there's no way they can do that i mean they're they're boxed out there's nothing they can do and that's why
3: do you do you really think they stop and think about that? I, I I get the vibe that they don't. They don't really care about the consequences of their actions. And and you know, and I'm maybe I'm just a cynic, but almost to the point I think they kind of okay, if they create this horrible economic system that can also pretend to be the savior of well, that Jody. Let me
2: answer that, Jody. Just just this week. The Fed Chairman said that, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but he he basically uh, he basically paraphrased Herbert Hoover and said that tapering is just around the corner. Tapering meaning they're going to stop, they're going to cut down and, and taper off on how much money they're printing, and because they, they know that it's going to that it's a problem. But they've been saying that for years, and they started trying to taper during the trump administration interest rates immediately started to creep up and they freaked out and they went back to printing more money
4: well i mean the the fed is a stock market protection racket right i mean so i mean the, the the when the stock market starts to go down and our stock market um, you know as much as i like my 401k uh, our stock market is way over overvalued um, and really could could use a good 20% shakeout um, but they're, they're not going to allow it to do that. They're, they're going to force it to have the 70% shakeout because they won't allow it to have the 20% shakeout. And I, I don't know. I, I think that the, the longest anybody in Washington thinks about is to the next election. And, uh, you know, right now the next election is in a couple of weeks. Um, and then they'll, re, then they'll recast their time horizon to November of, uh, of 22 and that's it. That's all they can think of.
0: you know. I guess I'm going to ask the question, and I may not know as much about history and economy as you guys do, but why do you care about lowering the price of chocolate if all you have to do is say you did? So why do you have to cure inflation if all you have to do is say there is no inflation? And why do you have to cure anything if all you have to do is lie about it? Isn't that how well, I mean, I, I think that's is.
4: true because I think if you measured inflation using the metrics that they used back in the 70s where inflation was 10% uh, a year, uh, you would find that inflation now is 10% a year, not the 5.4 that was just reported. I, I think they've, they've continually um, redefined the metric so that they look, they look better than they actually are. And I, you know, I don't know what to, you know, I don't know what to do about that. But so when inflation hits 10% now, it will be like it was 20% back then. And it, you know, they can can keep defining it. But I mean, at some point people are going to realize that the meat that was $10 a pound is now $30 a pound. Um,
2: Or the uh, businesses that are producing that meat go under and the meat isn't even in the store in the first place. Yeah, exactly.
0: But then they blame it on the rich fat cat producers. Who refuse to do it for you anymore? I'm just saying. Once you control the the lie, then really, what's the difference? What the reality is? Mm-hmm. I mean, that isn't that how Russia and China did it? They just kept what, lying.
4: Well, I mean, yeah, what? I mean, Russia the the communists mm-hmm. kept lying. Yes, the five year plan was a great success and all of that, and they had complete control of the media. And it appears that uh, that's the goal around us is for the oh. left to have complete control of the media because they're no, banning know they're more and more
1: speech. They're going to blame capitalism when it happens. We know that. They're going to blame That's the right. bankers. That's what's going to happen. Well, the they're capital. They're capitalists. They're, they're greedy. They, are, cap-
2: they yeah. are the
4: bankers. They're not going to blame right. the bankers. They are the bankers. <laughs> but we don't <laughs> have that I matter.
1: So, propaganda. I
2: gonna, know where gonna, Ed's going.
3: Ed they're gonna wipe out
2: They're going to wipe out the banks. They're going to say that we bailed you out in 2009. You were irresponsible and reckless. You created another crisis twelve years later, or fourteen, or however, however long it's going to take. And they're going to
1: say we're
2: going to take over the, the whole money deposit business and the lending business, and the, and the I, Fed I, I, is going to be the one in control. And they're I
4: going have to disagree. To- I have to disagree with with Ed. I, I the the United States government is a wholly owned subsidiary of the the big New York banks, the J P Morgans the um the city banks the you know goldman sachs um i the, i think that you know the banks might foreclose on the government long before the government uh, tries to do anything about the banks i mean every single treasury sec- secretary fed chairman everybody has all been brought in from those one of those three organizations yeah, i Robert mean they Alden. They run the country monetarily, Um, those those banks, and and they've long since stopped doing anything useful. Um,
0: So I I think the Fed seize the money from the banks. Why do the Feds care about banks?
4: Because the Feds are the banks. The banks they don't have have to
0: be the banks. What stops Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer from saying we're taking the banks?
4: Well, nothing's gonna stop them except that everybody in the Congress is owned by Goldman Sachs and Chase and and But they um, don't have to be can just
2: take it. Right. They'll just break they'll just, just take it.
4: They can't take it personally, right? They're taking it personally now. They're all owned by them. No, they're owned they're by good. the banks and the pharmaceutical companies and the, you know, media companies. Uh, yeah, I I remember it's symbiosis, right? There there's a or you know.
2: They're all parasites. But what happens in a banking crisis? What happens in a banking crisis is you have massive defaults. When those defaults roll in, the banks are going to fail, and they're going to rely on another. They're going to ask for another Fed bailout, and the Feds are going to no, we're taking you over. We're going to replace the dollar with a digital currency. That's what's coming.
4: But see, I okay, I can see why you might think that way. But there's no one in the government who isn't in the past or expecting in the future to make millions and millions and tens of millions of dollars as a member of these banks that, you know, the the Steve Minutians or the uh, Janet Yellen's, they, they all make tens of millions of dollars and then they go into quote unquote government service. And then they expect to get out of quote unquote government service and go back to making tens of millions of dollars. There's no way they would do that.
2: But this is being driven by people above that. This is driven by the George Soros types of the world that, yes, they want to make their money. But in the end, their goal is destroying the United States. And yes, they want to destroy freedom.
4: the United States. But I mean, George Soros, the last thing he wants to do is put his money in a in a government bank.
0: Who he says it's a government bank? If he, he runs it, why wouldn't he want to put it there? Well,
2: Soros I mean, doesn't run it. He could put it in a different country. He doesn't have to stay in the United States. Oh yeah, he
4: put it offshore. But I mean, the, the thing is that
2: the regulators are the C students,
4: and the people on Wall Street are the A students. And there is no regulation in the world that the C students can write that the A students can't figure out a way around. Um, and
2: that's, great
0: analogy. They're not in jail. Oh yeah. Occasionally, think it they'll get regulation.
2: caught. Like I said, I think it's going to be, they're going to, they're going to default. They're going to, they're going to fail and they're going to, they're going to need a bailout and the feds are going to say, tough luck. You screwed us once. They're going to be the scapegoat. They're going to be the Jews of of this Weimar Republic.
4: Well, I mean, that may very well be true, but remember they did uh, bail out. um, Oh no, they, they they let, they they let Bear Stearns fail and they tried to bail out Lehman, right. Or, or one or the other, I, I get them confused. Um, and yeah, I mean, they might let these uh, organizations um, go bankrupt. Um, I mean, it's certainly possible that they would allow them to go bankrupt rather than bailing them out, but they, there's so much institutional um, interest in the, the actual human beings in the treasury department, in the, you know, uh, in the government to save them because they're their ticket to fame power and glory Uh, they don't get fame power and glory from um being in government they get it from the tens of millions of dollars they suck out of the banks most of which is government money as well
2: but i don't think this is just a mere conspiracy to steal wealth i think this is a revolution they're trying to change our our society and in the process they would like to get rich too especially before the change happens. But I think the, the end game is revolution, not how do I get mine?
4: Well, I mean, I I agree. There are certain communists in this system, the AOCs or whatever, um, who, who wants to nationalize um, a large swath of the American economy. But I don't think necessarily that, um, sorry, the cat is doing something bad. I I don't think necessarily that the people who are in charge of the Democratic Party are are that kind of communists. I, I just don't see it. I I think they're, you know, I think, think they want idiot. to continue. Well, they want to continue the current oligarchy, right? I mean, communism is a very poor way of doing oligarchy. Uh, I think the Chinese version is what they have in mind. I think, you know, I think there's a the. The split in the Democratic Party is between those who want to turn the U.S. into China and those who want to turn the U.S. into Venezuela. I mean, I I think that's the Democratic Party, the fault line in the Democratic Party, as it were. Um,
2: I think there are some that want to turn us into North Korea.
0: (laughs) Why are we leaving Putin out of this? Explain.
4: Why should we talk about Putin?
0: Because I think he's doing just fine. Thank you. Yeah, he's doing just fine. Oh, because Putin out on the cross Bronx with a tin cup.
4: Well, I mean, we uh, we were talking about this uh, the other day, right? Putin is um, hated by the left because he was one of the uh, when when the Soviet Union imploded, the United States sent all of our best and brightest people from Harvard and and Stanford and, and Wharton over to the Soviet Union, uh, to the ex-Soviet Union to tell them how to run their economy better. And basically all that meant was that they gave away a huge uh, ton of, of resources and capital goods, not to the workers or, you know, the the stock market have it by, but to, to, to cronies and to the West. And they just raped the entire country and the country went into a depression. And when Putin came in, he wanted to stop that. And he wanted to reassert sort of political control over the sort of financial oligarchs. He did that. Um, the The GDP per capita under Putin has gone up by a factor of three or four. And so the people are, are reasonably happy. But uh, we had no problem with Putin until um, 2012, when the government of Russia arrested the, alleged the band members pussy riot for staging a uh, demonstration during a church service at a major cathedral um and they they arrest them and put them in jail for two years for you know hooliganism or whatever and for some reason that i don't understand of course they should be put in jail for that sort of thing um maybe not two years and they didn't serve that time by the way um but They really, really got mad at them for that, and they really got mad at the at Putin when he started to um discourage the teaching of you know homosexual values in in russian schools and and gone against the what he might be woke agenda, but what he replaced communism with was what was sort of latent in Russian society, and that's the orthodox church so he they hate Putin because he's he's promoted Christianity and he's sort of cracked down on what we now think of as the woke religion. And, um, that's unforgivable. So that's why they, that's why they hate Putin. They don't hate Xi. Xi cracks down on Chris- Christians. G. uh, cracks down on, um, you know, on, uh, now in the last week, Xi has cracked down on some of the, uh, some of the wokeism that has infected uh, Chinese society, but that's in the last week. Um, and remember the Xi has been much better at buying the politicians and uh, you know, the companies and everybody in the United States. Unfortunately, I haven't got any money from China, but uh, he's been buying very good at buying people who matter. Whereas Putin both in the beginning didn't have the money and now you know, has kind of been uh, sort of banned from from that relatively effectively. So, you know, if, if Xi did what he did this past week um, and embraced Christianity, yes, we'd be at war with China right now, I'm sure.
0: Ed, speaking of woke and banned, I want to point out that you are no longer eligible to be a head coach of any NFL team. By virtue of the fact that you mentioned the name of that band, who we will not mention, so okay. I, okay. Uh, oh oh Pussy Riot, yeah, I, you're doing it again. Now you can't even play on <laughs> the practice squad. <laughs> I want to slightly go on a slight tangent, but it goes back to the supply lines and the Southwest story, et cetera, With the interesting that happened, the interesting thing that happened now in Texas with Abbott growing a pair and banning any of these mandates and Southwest and American Airlines saying, we don't care about that, we're gonna do it anyway. And then, um, what do they call her, Ginger Goebbels, or sometimes known as Jen Circleback Saki, saying, well, federal law overrides state law. And I think this is one of the big stories because it speaks to how long can this union hold together and how much does any state need to hear that they have no power before they explode? And You know, Texas has a secessionist movement, obviously. They're coming up on an election where there's a lot of push to get pro-secessionist state legislators in. They're under the pressure from the illegal immigration, which is destroying the place. They're under the pressure from the abortion law being, you know, held up by federal courts. And no, 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 it's not held up at all. Well, it's gone back and forth. Yes, All it needs is one federal judge to say no, and that ticks them off. And now you have, again, Jim Psaki just getting over there and saying, we don't care what your governor says. And at a certain point, they're going to push too far. So I think this war between states and feds is always under the surface, but pushing more and more to the surface. We all know there's been a lot of polls um, that supposedly there's a lot more pro secessionist thought out there, I don't think any of it's real yet, but at a certain point, people are gonna say no more. If we don't control our destiny at all, we're not gonna let this keep going. So I just think it's a really big story when nobody even thinks about states' rights versus the feds at all. Like, we don't care what you governors say. The same thing to an extent with, with Florida and uh, how DeSantis, DeSantis just finds some county millions and millions of dollars, which is interesting. But I think the federal government versus the state's government's issue with regard to mandates, airlines, I don't even know what does an airline do when they are based in a state, but they fly all over? Like, How does that even work?
2: I think it, it, it applies to flights into or out of that state, the, the stated issue.
4: Well, I mean, the more the states and the feds argue, the better for all of us, right? I mean, so let's, who cares, right? I mean, who cares? how it's going to turn out, let's just have everybody argue with everybody else. Let's have the various governments arguing with each other and maybe there'll
1: be a place for us to be left alone. Um, um, but it's, I, I, it's important that we, we try to get back to federalism. So short of peaceful separation and secession, this is one of the core issues and battles that we're facing. The states have to reassert their, their independence
4: yeah. The there, there was government. an interesting pair of articles um, that I read yesterday. And I apologize for not posting them in the chat. Um, the first was a, you know, it it's time for a national divorce. And the second one was uh from a liberal who basically said, No, we can't have a divorce because um I can't I can't tolerate uh, you people doing what you want. Um like I think um, her, hurting homosexuals and we, trans we said a people a long
3: time ago and, uh, they can they will and, not uh, tolerate banning
4: abortions brain. and whatnot um so yeah i mean that's they they're not interested in uh allowing uh, i mean it's, it's even trump was like pushing the woke uh you know gay lgbt agenda on like africa and and afghanistan and that that's just insanity I mean, it's, it's just insane. It's a way to get everybody to hate us. Um, And, and you know what, that's what China and Russia don't do. That's why China and Russia are relatively popular throughout the rest of the world, because they just want to come in and buy stuff and sell stuff. They're not interested in telling you how to live your lives. They don't really want to uh, tell you to stop doing this and start doing this and and, uh, you know, change this and change that. There's like, you have stuff to buy, we'll buy it. You wanna, you know, we got stuff to sell. Why don't you buy it from us? And it, the United States is just the biggest Karen busybody telling every country how to live their lives. We're trying to impose these draconian, absurd, uh, copyright and intellectual property laws on other countries, I mean, if, if some country has a copyright that's 17 years renewable for another 17, that is the 1979, uh, 1789 U.S. Copyright Act. Suppose a country has that. We, we, would, we, would, we would sanction them. We would abuse them. We would tell them we're not going to trade with them anymore. If they had the exact copyright that our founders had, they would do it. No, it's got to be 100 years uh, plus Disney. Um, for every country in the world or we're not going to do uh, anything with you and it's not just copyright it's everything it's medical tyranny it's 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 we we send all of these ngos all over the world and they do nothing but stir up trouble and the smart countries are like we're done with you get out like hun- hungary Poland, russia it's like no more american ngos you're all out at just you know don't let the door kick in the ass on the way out because they do nothing but stir up trouble. Um, so the U.S. Agency for International Development, U.S. aid, is one of the worst organizations in the entire world. Um, in the 60s and 70s and 80s, it went around um, uh, trying to promote population control. And this ended up with hundreds of millions of forced abortions in the third world. And even you know, if you think abortion is a choice, these are forced abortions. These are strap the woman down and rip the baby out of her body abortions. And that was funded, pushed, and, um, and facilitated by the U.S. Agency for International Devel- Development. We get mad because the Holocaust killed 6 million Jews and the communists killed you know, uh, 20, 40, 80 million people. This is hundreds of millions of babies killed. Um, by the U.S. Agency for International Development, funded and pushed by that. So, you know, the United States government has to, if we want to be liked, you know, if we want to get along with people, we have to get out of the telling people what to do business. And we're just such busybodies. We just want everybody to behave in exactly the way we want them to behave. And it's ending up, we are hated everywhere. Um, our friends hate us. You know, even the friends we're, we're sworn to protect hate us. And it's just because we just are moralizing woke busybodies. And it's just got to stop.
2: That seems like a good rant for Alu.
3: <laughs> I don't see it stopping uh, anytime soon. What's interesting to me, what you're
0: saying, is that those who accuse us of ethnocentrism intra-ethno centrism are the ethnocentrics uh yeah
4: i mean but it's not ethnic right it's this it's this i mean uh, the whole
0: cultural thing
4: yeah yeah cultural imperialism mm-hmm. um it we, we have the most screwed up empire in the history of the world where we cajole threaten pay you know the, the romans would go in it's like okay you want all to all live this is the amount of taxes you're going to send um, but we, it's like, oh no, you do everything our way and we'll give you money and we'll give you this and we'll give you that. And if you don't do it, we'll sanction you, but we won't sanction you, but we'll sanction you. And you can't fly, but you can fly. But you, just cut it out, trade or not trade. If they're enemies, not trade. If they're not enemies, trade. And then leave all of the carrying and the wokeism and the, you know, push. Uh, you're paying for gender studies classes at Kabul University Get rid of all of that, get rid of the USAID, get rid of these pro-democracy uh, NGOs. We, we have enough of their democracy around here and we have a, a, you know all the, the sorts of fortif- fortification of our elections. And that's what they're doing with the other countries. I mean, I know the Russian elections are kind of comically cheaty too, but I mean, even if they weren't, Putin would still win, he's very popular. I mean, so I you think saying,
0: we're saying, you're sh- saying we did not make friends by Superman no longer standing up for the American way. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, it is the American way. That's the thing. It's like it,
4: uh, Superman is now a bisexual woke and spends all of his time in the comic books whining and complaining and kissing other boys. That currently is the American way. And that's what's wrong with us. Um. You know, our culture has been completely taken over by this alien ideology starting in the sixties, starting before the sixties, really, but um, and now it's come to its conclusion. And it, there's nothing to watch. There there's no television to watch. You know, and what I'm movie sure we do you all, we all heard
0: that Newsom uh, has now changed all the toy aisles by executive fiat. Yeah. So now we ever,
4: <laughs> I looked in the toy aisle at uh walmart uh, the other day because i was looking for something and i just ended up there eh, god there's nothing i would have wanted to play with down in the toy aisle now, except you know there might have been a, a a big water gun that i might have uh, liked back when i was a kid but it's just uh, everything is falling apart and we are going to end up with we're going to be we're going to be china venezuela or nazi germany that's what we're all going to end up as um, and none of those appeal to me, um, but uh, we're going to be one of them. Sorry for the rant. So you guys the talk.
0: fact that we have 2A, you think we'll still end up the same?
4: Uh, no, no. I think that, you know, I think that will make a difference.
0: I mean, I it'll think be the- bloodier in some way. I mean, You know, my thing is, I'd rather it end in peaceful separation than blood. But we're not going to go down without some kind of fight at some point, I assume. I assume that, too.
2: I'm not sure that that's right. I hope it's right. But I mean, if I look at what's happened over the last 18 months or so, I would have thought if you'd have asked me in, in January or February of 2020, you know and you told me everything that was going to happen between march of 2020 and october of 2021 would we would we just be sitting there and taking it i would have said hell no there'd be a revolution on the streets but there's no revolution in the streets i don't know where it is
3: well there's, you know there's and
1: there's
3: other than other than you know in the moment of resistance if so much power economically and culturally that it, it almost feels like they can't. Well, I, you know, they are manipulating people, but they can really just fight this battle by making sure people can't heat their homes, making sure people can't feed themselves. They don't have to shoot them. They don't have to. But, them I, mean, I think
2: why this vaccine mandate issue is such a huge issue because this is sort of this is sort of a, a red line for for people like us because they're. If we're ever going to, to rise up in revolution, it's going to be now because they're about to try and starve us out. They're about to make us unemployable. Uh doing You it.
0: heard that.
3: You heard they're of the, doing the, that, yeah.
4: They're doing. You it. heard the Australian politician said, if you don't get the vaccine, you're going to starve. You heard him say that. Or a woman, of course, because uh, they right, said but, that. Well, if the, you don't they, get the vaccine, and you're going to starve.
0: And that's why the formal formal? we're rioting on the streets of Australia and even France is in america
1: well it's not as bad here as it is there no they're full-on totalitarianism right now pretty much so no but this is why the southwest thing is important it it is potentially a flashpoint and we we need this kind of resistance it's the the only way i think that we're going to really try to uh, you know be able to stop it is to have I think the government large numbers to have. of people banding together and resisting it. I think
4: that the you know there's this there's this cultural thing where nobody wants to fire the first shot, right? And uh, there's a lot of mythology that uh, comes up about uh, firing the first shot. And so I think that everybody's just waiting for the first shot. And if it's fired by patriots, we're in trouble. And if it's fired by the government, I think. It might be and not just going arresting somebody but actually you know shooting into demonstrators or um, that sort of you like you know. Ashley
0: Babbitt yeah I was going to say yeah and nobody yeah. cares so Ken well, some Steve, of us do you know. well, well, no but no. it would have to be
4: something like Kent State yeah I mean yeah. believe me the the rioters at Kent State were in the wrong and the, and the, and the National Guard was in the right in, in Kent State and we could go into that later but Um, The the truth of the matter is um, just uh, it's kind of like the Boston Massacre, but it but just like the Boston Massacre was, um, you know, entirely justified from the British perspective. And and they all got off. Right. They were defended by John Adams and they all were tried in uh, Massachusetts by a Massachusetts judge and jury. And they got off. But it didn't matter.
1: That was a big spark for the revolution. Well, it's interesting what's going to happen with all the schools and these parents fighting because right now they're fighting the good fight. When it gets to a point where we've lost, right, the battles being lost, then I have to wonder where it goes next, right? The parents really start to pull their kids out in that.
4: I'll tell you, when they do, when they approve the vaccine for the five-year-olds,
1: that's a red line for me. I can tell you right now, they're not putting that, they're that, not putting a jab in my kid.
4: That is a red line for a
1: whole lot of F, parents. F, F that,
4: excuse my French. And then they, uh, yeah, they mandate that. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: now well, if the, it, I mean, when it's illegal to have homeschooling, and you can go to jail for pulling your kids out of school, then what?
4: Well, that's when you have ten million people pull them out of school. Where are they going to go to jail? That that's the thing. Uh, It it has to be a national National guard.
0: Guard. Well,
4: I mean, the national guard is us, though. Uh, That's the the issue. I mean, the 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 thing is that Lincoln, you know, inflamed passion. I mean, the Chinese did it with Tiananmen Square. the 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 national guard in Beijing didn't want to shoot the protesters. He had to bring in some division from Mongolia to shoot the protesters, and that's what's going to happen with the United States, whether it's. uh, they'll bring in uh, the ATF or the FBI or, you know, some unit from California or something like that um, to put down uh, protests. The, but you know, we are, you know,
0: who was the politician who said we'll get immigrants to like, you know, fill the hospital wards. Is it that that you use immigrants to police people on the street? Well,
4: I mean, I think that's the point of this uh, unfettered immigration. Um, They know that, you know, traditional Americans will not um, lightly uh, fire um, on other Americans. But, you know, a bunch of Haitians or
0: Guatemalans, they, what do they care?
4: So, yeah. I mean,
0: again, every time they arrest somebody at a school board meeting and throw them to the floor and take them out in handcuffs, there again, there's that message. Don't you dare. So and nobody wants to be the first and nobody wants to be the 10th. We may not mind being this, you know, the ten thousandth, but we don't want to be the first ten to go to jail. Did you well, see? You know, the think... there was a story in Florida, um, which is going to be really interesting. The seventy-year-old lady who was carried out in cuffs because she insisted on staying with her daughter after seven p.m. in a hospital in Jacksonville. Her daughter had some kind of major surgery, and she said, "I have to be at her side." And they took her out in cuffs. So again, who's rebelling?
1: Well, again, I mean. What does the declaration say? I mean, the people tried everything to seek redress of their grievances. Yeah, but Mike, what we no keep hearing is,
0: well, we didn't try enough because we hear this a lot like in New Hampshire and stuff. Well, we really haven't done everything we can. I don't know what that means. I, I don't
1: know when the, the tipping point is. It, it could be the forcing a, the jab into the kids.
2: But that's the what? whole point. We started on this whole line of, of discussion with the, with the comment that they're going to push us. The Second Amendment is going to make a difference. And I'm not so sure it is. There's people that are going to continue to say we can we can do more. We can persuade more. You know, this is you know, we have to use reason. We can't we have to persuade them. We can't we can't you know on um, their level.
0: Yesterday, Andrew Wilkow, um, I think Alu alerted you to the fact, brought up secession. Now, Andrew Wilkow is self-billed, I think, is libertarian first, conservative second, Republican third or something like that. But he, I mean, first of all, he just babbled, but totally squashed any talk of secession. And the only thing he said making sense was, you know, if we get a couple more people in Congress and another president and blah, 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 blah. So it all goes back to, we have to try again. We have to try harder. Just one more election. You know, Mitch McConnell will save us again. Oh, wait, he saves the other side again. And it just keeps going. So listen,
2: yeah, I mean, to, to amplify what you're saying, they are purging the military and they're purging the local police departments of anyone who's sympathetic to our side and they're replacing them with thugs of the regime so i, I just don't see that i don't see that at all i mean i i think that yeah, but gonna- all the
4: people who have been fired from the military and all the people who've been fired from the police they still have their training and weapons and contacts and
2: well yeah yeah, it's a perfect way, perfect vehicle for separation if we can organize, and if they, if they can be the leaders of that organizing.
4: Well, it's a perfect vehicle for civil war, really. I don't know whether, uh, you know, I don't even know how you would go about separating, to be honest. I mean, I guess you would, you know,
1: I, I don't even know how you do that. Uh, the, only lo- the only logical
0: way is the states become independent again. Yeah, yeah I, th- I mean, listen, it's more complicated because it's the counties, it's not the states, the states are all mixed, et cetera. All I know is what's work, what's happening can't keep going. So how it ends, I don't know.
1: Uh, I, I can't see secession happening unless multiple states are willing to do um, it. At once. Texas
0: would be enough if Texas did it. It would be enough, and if California did it, it would be enough. Believe you know, me, if would,
4: Texas did it, if Texas did it, the whole Midwest would go too.
0: Okay. Um, but it they, could they be don't the dom- have the
1: first domino.
4: Yeah. But they don't you know the, the problem with Texas is, well, there are multiple problems with Texas is they don't have anyone really with testicles in in their state government. I mean, even DeSantis, we like DeSantis, but he didn't stop that Jacksonville cop from arresting the uh, from arresting the mom who wanted to be with her uh, daughter. So I mean, you know, you really have yeah, to. I don't
0: think you ahead of time, and it's going to be interesting how that does play out, um, because I think things will happen with that, and that'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, well, as, far as the Texas state government, yes, there's nobody there strong enough. But again, like I said before, they're pushing them harder and harder. And by the way, if Trump or DeSantis becomes president, the California movement will double and triple. Because they're wecko out there.
4: Well, we don't want well, te- we don't want California to succeed. We want to kick them off the island. Either I mean, way, that's, either way. That's who cares about secession uh, if we just get rid of it? Isn't
1: uh, isn't Elon Musk moving to uh, Texas now? Isn't He's Tesla moving on? some of his uh, operations well, to Texas. Maybe Texas he can go there and uh, fund the movement uh, himself. So. that that was one thing I wanted to bring up at the end, but I guess I'm bringing it up now. I, I do I do find it pretty rich with irony that Tesla, which is this big. Uh, leftist, obviously leftist environmentalist company right is moving to texas and leaving california i thought he was in his utopia i don't understand
4: no no no. he when they stopped remember tesla <laughs> assembled cars in uh, fremont or someplace and when they when the california shut everything down last year he was like this is insane we're gonna move yeah and that was what started it and you know he moved spacex to uh to Southern Texas, um, some of their operations and probably all of their operations eventually. Um, And he is today, because I looked it up, he is allegedly the richest person in the world. Um, So, you know, I, I think that there's, he is not a potential leader for any political action. He, he's a great guy, and I like Elon. I
1: was being he, tongue, tongue in cheek on that. Yeah, he's he's not
4: a, a potential he's not a potential leader. Um, I don't know. You know, Trump potentially could could have been a leader if he had just had a little bit more discipline. But of course, if he had discipline, he wouldn't be Trump. So, um, yep. I don't know. You know, we have to start defunding the federal
0: government. You know, was there a time when the 16-year-old Wyoming girl would have been a flashpoint?
4: I, I don't understand. Isn't no. she the one who was murdered by her, her boyfriend? No, no. The Wyoming oh,
0: girl okay. got arrested for not wearing a mask. I'm not talking about... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Okay. It okay. Yeah, okay. locked down the school
2: and made it like it was the biggest emergency in the history of the world.
0: What yeah, do I don't or, know anything
4: about Wyoming state politics, so I don't know who they have running the state. I don't know what they would do. I mean, yes, if they had a decent governor, he would fire everybody. Well, but, I forget um, who the
0: governor is. Unfortunately, you know, they have Barrasso in the Senate who yeah. left whenever he needs to, which is pretty sad. As a state, it's quite red. But again, if even in Wyoming, you're not hearing reports of a rebellion because of that, I think it's pretty sad. And she was in Laramie. Which I believe is a, bu- a blue part of the state, as it were, but still, in other words, if that's not a flashpoint and and something else isn't, what could be, or there just will never be one. If
4: they, if the election comes in a couple of weeks and, you know, Virginia's lost. Say I don't think it will be, but suppose Virginia's lost. Um, and then they start more and more crackdowns. Or maybe Virginia's one, and they start more crackdowns and lockdowns and all that, as the number of influenza-like illnesses rises in the uh, in the fall and winter. And people start rioting, and some, you know, and the cops fire into and kill ten rioters. And then, of course, there's a hundred people in the. The riot, in, in the riot who are armed and they fire back at the police and a big thing happens like that, then I can see that kind of spreading. I really can because there aren't enough police th- as uh, to police the country. You know, we're, we're, we're policed by consent. Um, and they, they rely on everybody, um, you know, staying atomized.
2: I think if so, there's going to be, Oh, sorry, go ahead.
4: No, no, that's go ahead.
2: I think if there's going to be a flashpoint, I don't think it's going to be the feds firing into a crowd. I think it's more likely to be uh, a Nicki Minaj or, or Rihanna kind of situation. I think that's the type of thing that, you know, someone that we, we were least expecting to be on our side and, and maybe really isn't on our side. But out of the, the person's own self-interest says, oh, no, you won't. Yeah. And, and and stands his or her ground. You or know, that like, basketball like
4: Kyrie, player and, it, and it, like Kyrie from the Nets. Yeah, Kyrie from the Nets. I I and I do think uh, to be honest um you know as much as much as that you know the current woke culture is basically anti-white. I I think if we could get a few um, black leaders like Kyrie from the nets or rihanna or whatever to stand up for the good guys i think that would do us a lot of good to be honest
0: yeah but they discount them because look what happened in north carolina with your lieutenant governor ed yeah he really came out swinging what did he call some of the stuff they're teaching in schools get the filth out of the schools and they want yep. his head and um, at the moment i think he's not backing down right
2: he's not gonna back down I'd be shocked. I'd be stunned if he backed down.
0: So he's good for him. Is he a leader?
2: I think he is.
1: His actions say so, right? He's He's
2: an
0: interesting guy.
2: He's still a little bit too new, too new to really know for sure. Um, I know at least one person that thinks that he he talks more than he does, but he's the lieutenant governor. There's not a whole lot he can do. He's saying all the right things. He's Created a couple of task forces and come out with some pretty strong statements, reviewing things like critical race theory um, and and other garbage in the schools, as he calls it. Or I guess he calls it filth.
0: He called it filth. That's pretty strong.
2: It, not only did he call it filth, but then he said, yeah, you heard me right. You can quote me on that. You know, he repeated it just in case you didn't hear him. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a possibility, but he's also... He's also new. He's got no power, really, as a lieutenant governor. And he just came into office. So he's got at least three three more years before he can run for governor. Um, three years is a long time. I mean, you know, we're, we're going to need to win a whole lot of battles in the next three years. and he's a man You know, it's interesting
0: because when you're talking about leaders from that community. So I forget who it was that trashed Alan West this week and called him blackface with a 60s. Haircut or something—I forget what the exact language was—but when a black steps out of line, they are trashed ruthlessly.
4: Now I realize that Dave Chappelle has, you know, a hundred million dollars, but I mean, his response was just genius this he's week. He's been too. very good. Yeah. Now he's not a—he oh. he is a—he is a—he's uh it, he's one step away from being Nation of Islam because he's Muslim and he's a black nationalist. So I mean, he's. He's like one step away from uh, those guys, but uh, so he's not our friend. But on this issue, he is quite good, and I think that um, you know more and more people like that, and uh, we so that we can you know I mean obviously nobody's white supremacist, but that's the argument. But if you've got people like all of the uh, black uh, you know freedom fighters uh, to a certain extent um in the movement then it's very very difficult for them to uh, taint the movement for liberty to be a uh, white supremacist i mean it it you know i'm of course everything they do is a lie to begin with but i mean it, it just becomes apparent that it's it's absolutely not true well and that we want everyone of good you know everyone of good character and and good faith and and american patriotism
1: well speaking of north carolina there was an interesting story too, that one county there has banned the teaching of critical race theory. And so I, I think the story, I was just looking it up again, they said that um, you could, uh, they would withhold fund withhold $7.9 million in, uh, until the school board passes a policy preventing critical race theory. So we're looking for these pockets of resistance.
2: Wait a minute, who who's the passed that bill?
1: Is that from the left? this is johnson county Uh the story is uh, johnson county in north carolina um the school board passes rules for teaching about race after a threat to cut funding so that they're trying to prevent the teaching of a critical race theory
2: who made the threat to cut the funding the county commissioners
1: the county uh, the county board of commissioners agreed to provide the 7.9 million after the policy was approved So they were withholding the funds. Gotcha.
4: No, good for them.
2: And that was Johnson County, you said? That's correct. Yeah.
0: And we just need to bear in mind, you know, the other story that's out there, I don't know if it's brand new, it's dated today, but again, the head of the World Health Organization saying that climate change is the biggest health threat facing humanity. And if they ever end COVID. It is absolutely nothing to just change one word in every document and lock us all down just like a vaccine yeah. mandate. So they haven't oh. even pulled out the big guns yet. Well, we, yeah. we,
1: we've known that from the beginning. Everything's going to become an emergency.
4: I, I have to quote Kurt Schlichter on this. It's like, I I don't know why you're worried that in 100 years, the weather is going to be a little better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, and that's so true, especially like, um, you know, I love the fact that Justin Trudeau is such a warrior for climate change. I mean, if the worst case scenario happens, which, of course, is ludicrous, but suppose it does happen. The biggest beneficiaries on the planet will be Canada and Russia. Um, and so I don't, if I were the Canadian prime minister, I'd be like, go global warming, go global warming, you know, make Canada the biggest producer of food in the world um <laughs> uh, so i it's just it's the whole thing is ludicrous
0: yeah all right folks let's start to wrap up and everybody gets yeah. to talk about what they didn't talk about
1: well, i think a couple of the stories i was going to bring up came up already um the one i think pretty cool story of the day is william Shatner going into space so i can channel uh, i guess jim Trafficant, beam me up Right. One of my favorite Democrats. <laughs> Bill, one
4: of the best days in my life was when uh, was when Bill responded to one of my tweets that was, I, I still have the tweet, uh, you know, protected. I, I thought that was great. And uh, Bill has pushed back against wokeism on Twitter. And he's been, uh, you know, I mean, he's he, he's a liberal guy, I guess, and a Canadian. He's not even an American. Never did. Uh, never did get American citizenship, even though he's lived here his entire life. Yeah, um, but uh, he um, he has been outstanding on the silencing and the cancel culture and everything. And you know, I'm happy to see him. 90 years old, yeah. oldest man ever to be in space. Um, onto the final frontier. Good, good for Bill. Yeah. I, um, you know, I'm really I'd happy.
0: Be with so disappointed if I were him. I mean, it's so not cool compared to the toys he had. Ah, uh, but
4: those were fake toys. Uh, I know,
0: this, but this like, is a real toy. When he goes up for ten minutes, you know. Yeah, I want, I want him to go up with a, in the SpaceX for like sure three days. I'm sure he Nine.
4: <laughs> yeah. So no, he's a, he, you know, no individual is perfect. Yeah. Bill's all right, though.
1: <laughs> Any more stories, Mike? No, that was it. I wanted to bring up the Tesla story from before, and that Johnson County. So. You
0: guys take it, Ed Maslish, Any stories we did not get to?
2: Um, no, I think we covered all the stories that I wanted, that we that I had seen that I thought were important. But uh, I did want to offer a perspective, different perspective than I guess that I've offered and that we've been offering as a show. Um, sort of a, a conditional positive. How's that? Okay. Uh, I, think, I think it's a big if, but. If we can win this battle, I I see I see parallels to what's going on now in in 1928, 1929. And what do I mean by that is 1928 was the end of the roaring 20s. Everyone thought that, you know, that the prosperity would go on forever, sort of like what everyone thought before Covid hit. You know, the economy was roaring and everyone thought that the good times were going to last forever. Uh, In both instances, people didn't realize. The underlying structural problems with the economy especially because of the monetary system in the election of 1928 unfortunately the republicans won and herbert hoover became uh he became the you know the, the pinata man for for a whole generation that the democrats ran against um and i think that joe biden could be the biden harris administration could be this this generation's herbert hoover uh, of course, it's going to mean we have to actually win, and that's not by any means guaranteed, but it's sort of something to, to look forward to. If we can win, I think so much bad is, is happening and about to happen that it's going to put it's it would put the Democrats in such a defensive position for a very long time. That's that's my prediction if, if it happens. So, like I said, I call it a conditional positive. I think that they're about to own some really, really bad things. And it's going to be up to us if we can beat them.
4: Yeah, America, American history has been quite consistent that whenever there's a crisis, um, the American public has looked to its leaders. Uh, in the Revolutionary War, you know, we, we looked to George Washington and we got a free republic. In the Civil War, we looked to Abraham Lincoln and um, we got, you know, 600,000 dead, but you, the Union back again. You know, in the Great Depression, we looked to Franklin Roosevelt and got all of his crazy policies, much many of which, although not all, were repealed um, in, similarly in World War II. You know, in the Cold War, we looked for leadership and we found it in Ronald Reagan and won the Cold War. And um, in after 9-11, we looked for leadership and got it in George Bush, and he led us down a path that was absolutely disastrous. And I think in this... Um, economic crisis we're going to look for leadership we're not going to find it in joe biden because he's not there so the question is maybe maybe ed is right maybe there'll be someone i mean you know we're all individualists we look for leadership in our own brains but that's not how the public has always um has always operated and so maybe we'll find a leader who can bring us back to a more freedom oriented i mean if we if we look towards Joe Biden will get China if we look towards AOC. We'll get Venezuela if we look towards, um, you know, maybe maybe somebody like Trump or De, or DeSantis or something. Maybe we'll get um, most of America back. So I, I don't know. But I'll tell you, if they don't deliver, then we're going to get some, uh, you know, then then the possibility of what you know neo fascists will arise. Because they have to arise if if the center won't hold the civilization together then you're going to get the neo-fascists coming um, to fight the communists just like they did after the Weimar uh, disasters of twenty three and twenty of twenty two and twenty three and nobody wants
1: that to happen the only way they're going to own it is if we successfully win the PR campaign the PR battle that will ensue and yeah. we, thought, we touched upon this earlier but Unlike 1928, the Democrats have a powerful media establishment that's going to present a very different narrative of what the cause was. You know?
2: I don't think it's going to be about about PR and and persuasion. I think it's going to be about blood in the streets and I think it's going to be about uh, even just metaphorical blood in the streets. It's going to be about the kind of rhetoric that Trump used. Trump wasn't looking to persuade. Trump was looking to mock and humiliate. And that's what that's what's going to t- that's what it's going to take i don't think, oh. I think it's about you know a pr campaign and persuading people of how bad the democrats are i think it's going to be about uh highlighting how evil the democrats are and, and making you know
1: but that's still around- a pr campaign you're still trying to convince people of that in all wars there's a propaganda machine right okay i mean the you're next trying, big guy uh... trying to persuade people to your point of view. The next big thing I think will be the banning
4: of the Signal and Telegram apps from uh, various uh, smartphone devices and potentially even from computers like uh, Windows will refuse to install them or, or Mac OS will refuse to install them and you'll end up having to go to Linux or something. I really do think that um, the when YouTube went down, last week i guess uh, there were 70 million new telegram users Mm -hmm. um you know that's the only place to get uh telegram is the only place to get unfiltered news and uh, signal is the only way for people to communicate with each other um with a very very low probability of interception by the government and so they are the last two bastions of uh, communications freedom and in the United States or even the world today. And I think there'll be a very, very concerted effort by the government to destroy both of those platforms.
0: So I have to tell you, I'm already on another platform whose name I won't mention, so you don't shut it down, but out of New Hampshire. And there will always be, just like there were always private presses, even in Nazi Germany, they will always have to put out little fires here and there because people will find a way, so. That's my optimism for which I apologize. Um, I'm gonna end the show by saying that I think we've been totally wrong about everything we've said today. I apologize to the listeners. There's a story out here at 4.57 p.m. that shows we're all wrong. Biden has fixed it all. The Biden administration announced a plan to develop large scale wind farms along nearly the entire coastline of the United States. Having said that, I think that good times are ahead. I'll tell you, what does he have against birds?
2: <laughs> I,
1: I, the, the, the good news is the uh, $3.5 trillion spending plan really costs nothing, so
4: no worries. Well, the giant wind farms are like food processors for birds.
0: They, and, not to mention, which <laughs> the, the pollution that they cause, I mean... The ugliness, the whole thing, and you're not allowed to put them near rich people, obviously.
4: Obviously. Put the
0: entire wind farm off of
4: Obama's new house house on Martha's vineyard. Put like thousands of them there.
0: You know, I'm just wondering, pal, you probably do speak Latin, I assume. Um I know a little bit of Latin but I don't know is, a lot of Latin. Is it possible that the real translation was not fiddled but it was built wind farms while Rome was? <laughs> <Yeah,
4: that's> exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: Six, six Emperor
4: tyrannis.
0: Six
1: Emperor tyrannis.
0: Yeah. So that's that's the
4: yeah, it's the Virginia state motto, Six Emperor tyrannis.
0: Oh, boy. All right. With that, we're going to wrap it up. We will be back next week, four o'clock p.m. on Wednesday. We'll be up as a podcast very shortly. And I thank you all for being here today. Have a great day.